Here, Psalm 107, favorite Psalm 109, verse 1. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, for His mercy endures forever. That's the theme of this song, this first verse. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, for His mercy endures forever. And then the, the biggest reason to give thanks is in verse 2. It says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom He has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Many years ago, I heard a message on the word redeem. Uh, the word in the, in the New Testament has three basic meanings. Uh, first is uh, kind of the idea that from, by, and to, and from, we were all slaves to sin. Look at John 8.34. Jesus answered them, Most assuredly I say to you, Whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. We were slaves of sin. And we had to be bought out from the slave market. And uh, that's one of the things that's involved in the word redeem. And it says buy. Had the ransom had to be paid. The very expensive, by the way. First Peter chapter 1. These are all familiar verses to all of us. Verse 1, chapter 1, verse 18 and 19. Knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things, like silver and gold, and gold or gold, from your aimless conduct, your aimless conduct, sort of was before we got saved, received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, the lamb without blemish, without spot. So the ransom price had to be paid. And the ransom was the precious blood of Christ. We've been redeemed the blood of Christ. And then two, we've been redeemed to something and it's a freedom. I love it in Colossians chapter 1 verse 13 He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us or transferred us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. Yes, we've been this wonderful, wonderful freedom that the Lord has uh, blessed us with. Familiar verse in Acts 26, which we went through recently. We are studying the book of Acts. The message that the Lord Jesus had given personally to Paul. In verse 18, to open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God, they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me. So we have been delivered. We turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God. We are under the power of Satan and we now are under the power of God. So that area from, we were all slaves. We had to be bought from the slave market. The ransom had to be paid precious blood of the Lord Jesus, we've been redeemed under total freedom. The Son, therefore, shall make you free. You shall be free. You need to think about that and meditate about that. I am free. I was under the power of Satan. Thank God. Freedom. And uh, let me think about even the Thanksgiving here in our country. Of all the problems we got, tell you what, 
we got a lot more freedom than most of the rest of the world. If you've been around the world, tell you what, you can, you can see the freedom we have here that we, we don't really appreciate. You know, you can jump, jump in your car, drive all over this nation. You don't have to report to anybody. Tell you what, it's not that way in a lot of countries. It's not that way in a lot of countries. Reporting wherever you go, you check it, and all this kind of stuff. We still have uh, freedom. Okay, uh, tells us in verse 3, And gathered out of the lands from the east, and from the west, and from the north, and from the south. This redemption story is for the whole world. It's, a, it's an amazing thing. It's not limited to USA, but it's for the whole world. No matter where you go, you can find people that are redeemed. And uh, I thank God for that. I think of that verse in Revelation 5.9 where they sang a new song. Say, you are worthy to take the scroll and to open the seals, for you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation. My family has been involved in three tribes. Forty years ago, there was nobody that never, those people never heard the gospel. And as believers, they're meeting. They met this morning. It's 12 hours. But they met this morning. They have elders in the world church. Two of them have a complete new testament. All over the world, they were redeemed. And uh, I'll tell you what, get to heaven, we're going to find people from every nation, every tribe. Wonderful, wonderful good news. It says, gathered out of the lands from the east and from the west and from the north and from the south. And he goes into four little stories here. And I'll read the, the first one. Starting with verse 4, goes down to verse 9. It says, they wandered in the wilderness in a desolate way. He found no, they found no city to dwell in. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted in them. Then they cried out to the Lord in the trouble. He delivered them out of their distress. He led them forth by the right way, that they might go to a city for a dwelling place. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. For he satisfies a longing soul and fills the hungry with goodness. Amazing story. says, they wandered in the wilderness. It reminds you of Israel in the wilderness. But I'll tell you what, outside of Christ, everybody's wandering in the wilderness. Wandering in the wilderness. And uh, they don't find a city to really dwell in. One that is safe and secure. And Abraham was looking for a city whose builder and maker was God. And uh, they found no city. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted in them. I think of that in Ephesians chapter 2. Here's the situation that all of us were in in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 11. Therefore remember, it's talking about believers now, that you, once Gentiles in the flesh, were called uncircumcision, by what is called the circumcision made in the flesh by hands, that at that time, before we got saved, at that time, you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers from the covenant of promise, having no hope, and without God in the world. This is the situation we were in, and we were hungry and thirsty, and our soul fainted, 
And then he goes on in verse 6. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. Thank God they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. Not everybody does that, by the way. Not everybody does that. Some get in the wilderness, they stay in the wilderness, and never, never humble themselves, cry out to cry out the Lord in their trouble, and deliver them out of their distresses. He led them forth by the right way, that they might go to a city for a dwelling place. That's that city that Abraham was looking for, the city that you and I are looking for there. He led them forth. I thought of the verse in Isaiah 30, verse 21. Your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, This is the way. Walk in. Whenever you turn to the right hand or whenever you turn to the left, God is guiding you. It's just an amazing thing that once you know the Lord, once you know the Lord is your Savior, He wants to lead you and guide you. The Holy Spirit is that word behind you saying, This is the way. Walk ye in. And uh, they cried in the Lord, He delivered them. I think of that Romans 10, 13, that precious, precious verse, whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. They cried to the Lord and he saved them. All of the people might just understand that all they need to do is cry to the Lord. I love that verse. I, I went back there many times when I had doubts early in my Christian life about whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And I cried to the Lord. And that's a wonderful, wonderful thing he does that. It says in verse 9, For he satisfies the longing soul and fills the hungry soul with goodness. Amazing thing. You know, only the Lord, young people like the, the devil tell them, Man, you need to try this, you need to do this, this would be so much fun. Never, never satisfies. Never satisfies. I think of a couple of verses. One in Isaiah 55. <coughs> Tremendous chapter, many precious verses in this chapter. Verse 2 says, Why do you spend money for what is not bread, and your wages for what does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me. Eat what is good, and let your soul delight itself in abundance. There's so many things out there that never satisfy. Never satisfy. Young kids today, you know, they say, Try this drug, you know. Well, today you tried one pill and killed it. One pill and killed it. Just one pill. Some of the drugs that are coming out today are very, very neat. The devil tells them, you got to have a good time. Try it. Try it. Watch them. That's how you like it. It never, never satisfies. Only the Lord can satisfy us. Satisfies. Okay, uh, the next portion there, verse 10. Those who sat in darkness and the shadow of death, bound in affliction in irons, because they rebelled against the words of God and despised the counsel of the Most High. Therefore, He brought their heart. He brought down their heart with labor. They fell down, and there was none to help. They cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and He saved them out of their distress. He brought them out of darkness and shadow of death, and broke their chains in pieces. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for His goodness, for His wonderful works to the children of men. For He has broken the gates of bronze. And cut the bars of iron in two. There's certain portions here that cried in the Lord. It's in all four of them. He saved all of them. Here. Those who sat in darkness. Sat in darkness. Those who sat in darkness. I think of Isaiah 59, verse 9. It says, Therefore justice is far from us, nor does righteousness overtake us. 
We look for light, but there is darkness. For brightness, but we walk in blackness. It's a dark, dark world we live in. You, you look around and see what's happening in this world. It's getting darker and darker and darker. We're walking in blackness and uh, just a uh, sad and darkness in shadow of death. We look for light, but there is darkness. For brightness, but we walk in darkness. Amazing. Think of uh, Jude chapter 1. It's only one chapter. Jude one thirteen, Talking about the false prophets. What's awaiting them? says, raging waves of the sea foaming up their own shame, wandering stars for whom is reserved the blackness of darkness. Another psalm says, they shall never see light. Tell us going to be dark. God is light. He tells us in Second Thessalonians that hell, one of the worst things about it, you'll be separated from God forever and ever. God is light. You'll be in darkness forever and ever and ever never see And you hear people joking about, well, I'll be so busy shaking hands with my old friend and help. Yeah, you won't even be able to see it. My hero, weeping and wailing, who sat in the darkness shadow, bound friction hands, because they rebelled against the words of God. They re- the reason they're in darkness is because they rebelled against the word of God. I think of uh, Psalm 2 as a picture of people rebelling against God. This is happening in our world today. It says, why, Psalm 2, verse 1, why do the nations rage and the people plot a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointing, which is the Lord Jesus Christ, saying, let us break their bonds in pieces and cast away their portions. They don't want to be under God. They don't want to be under authority. Rebelling because they rebelled the counsel. You know, a person needs to be a bit teachable in order to ever get saved. He's got to be teachable. He's got to let that verse says, there's more hope for a fool than for an old king that will no longer take advice. That kind of scares me. As I grow older, you know, I need to still be teachable. I need to still be able to take advice, direction, correction, things like that. And I'll tell you what, the tendency, when you get older, man, I don't need to take advice from anybody anymore. You know, there's more hope of a fool than an old king but no longer. Boy, that's, they despise the counsel of most. Therefore, he brought their heart, brought down their heart with labor. They fell down, and there was none to help. God puts them into a position where there's none to help. God will do that. He'll try to bring a person to himself. To bring him down and humble him, that there's no help from anywhere. Exactly where the Lord wants him. Exactly where the Lord wants him. Then they cried out the Lord and they called And he saved them out of their distress. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. He brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death and broke their chains in pieces. Brought them out of darkness. That verse I read to open your eyes and turn them from darkness to light. He brings us out of darkness. We're in darkness before we're saved, but he brings us to the light. He brought them out of darkness. And uh, good news, good news we have. Uh, and then, I love this in Isaiah chapter 9, it talks about Jesus Christ coming out of Galilee, coming out of 
in chapter 9, Isaiah 9. You know about it. And the New Testament says, Search and see, there's no, no Messiah coming out of Galilee. But there is. They didn't search far here in chapter 9, verse 1. Nevertheless, a gloom will not be upon her who is distressed. As when at first he lightly esteemed the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, that's up in Galilee. And afterward, more heavily oppressed her by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, in the Galilee of the Gentiles, the people who walked in darkness, seeing a great light. Those who dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them the light has shined. Zebulun and Naphtali, the Galilee of the Gentiles, the people who walked in darkness. Hallelujah. That's the light of the Lord Jesus Christ. So it says there, He brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death and broke their chains in pieces. He saw, I like that word. Peter's in jail now. The angel wakes him up and chains fell. That's a pretty good picture of you and I. When we were bound in darkness. A beautiful, beautiful picture. He broke their chains in pieces. Oh, that many give thanks to the Lord for his goodness. For his wonderful works to the children of men. That's God's desire. That we might be people filled with thanksgiving. We might be people filled with thanksgiving. Next time you start grumbling, you know, complaining and stuff, stop and think. Oh, wait a minute. In it. So, you can't be groaning and grumping and complaining and giving thanks to the Lord. It just doesn't work. God's desire. Is it all oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness, for his wonderful works to the children of men? That's us. You read that even in, in the creation story. Everything was prepared for mankind. By the time he created man, everything was there for him. Wonderful works to the children of men. And the greatest work was the work on the cross by our Lord Jesus. It says he has broken the gates of bronze and cut the bars of iron into. The next one, in 17, down to verse 22. Fools, because of their transgression and because of their iniquities, were afflicted. Their soul abhorred all manner of food. They drew near to the gates of death. Then they cried out the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them out of their distresses. He sent his word and healed them, and delivered them from their destruction. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness, for his wonderful works to the children of men. Let them sacrifice the sacrifice of thanksgiving, and declare his works with rejoicing. Fools. Psalm 14, 1. This is what God gives us a picture of a fool. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. They have done abominable works. There is none who does good. See, it's the fool that said in his heart, there is no God. There's evidence of God everywhere. And you look at creation, and you look at a leaf, you look at a flower, even and uh, the heavens declare the glory of God. Just look at the heavens. Uh, we go out and uh, go to the Riverwalk in San Ferdinand. And the sky is just this beautiful, sometimes uh, red. The sun's going down and stuff. And I always say, you know what? You've never seen the sun just like that. You've never seen it just like that. It's original every night. It's different every night. The heavens declare the glory of God. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. That's all right. Fools, because of their transgression, because of their iniquity, were afflicted. Their soul abhorred all manner of food. And they drew near to the gates of death. You know, sometimes God brings us near 
to the gates of death. Remember the action. I've had a couple times where uh, I had a guy in the hospital and was dying. I went in to see him. He couldn't talk. Tell him how to make it. If you hear me do this, you know, and he did it. So I shared the gospel of salvation with him. I asked him if he wanted to come to the Lord and wanted to cry out to the Lord and be saved. He did it. And so, even right there in his mind, he, he did that. Days later. There's not many that have deathbed conversions, but there are some. You don't want to wait for that. <laughs> because a lot of people, I know, like my uncle, I had an uncle that had a heart attack and he just died. Just boom. There wasn't, there was no way to help him. He just died immediately. Several people like that. So, they cried on the Lord in their trouble and he saved them out of their distress. He sent his word and healed them. You know, the word of God is what people need now. And God, two of the tribes that my family worked in, the, the New Testament is done in their hands, and they have the word of God in their own language. And the third one, they're starting to translate now. But this faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. People need the word of God. I think they, they need to learn how to read too, so they can study the word. Desires of the tribal people is to learn how to read, to study on their own. And they can compare what somebody's teaching them with what the Word of God says. So, oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for His goodness and for His wonderful works for the children. Let them sacrifice the sacrifice of thanksgiving. <coughs> says, let them sacrifice the sacrifice of thanksgiving and declare His works with rejoicing. One sacrifice God is well pleased with, thanksgiving. A sacrifice. Let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving. The sacrifice. Declare His works to God. Is pleased with that sacrifice. And the last one is in verses 23 down to verse 32. It's kind of a unique one, but it's those who go down to the sea in ships who do business in, on great waters, they see the works of the Lord and His wonders in the deep. For He commands and raises the stormy wind, which lift up the waves of the sea. They mount up to the heavens. And they go down again to the depths. Their soul melts because of trouble. They reel to and fro, stagger like drunken men, and are at their wits' end. And brings them out of their distresses. He calms the storm so that the waves are still. Then they are glad because they are quiet. So he guides them to their desired haven. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness, for his wonderful works that children are in. Let them exalt him. Also, assembly of the people, praise him in the company of the elk. Beautiful thing here. If you go to, uh, over to New England, there's a, a statue there that has a guy that's got a sailor hat on and he's got this wheel, he's got all of And they quote this verse, this, this chapter right here. Those that go down to the sea and ship. It's their tremendous testimony. There's um, a peculiar group of people called sailors. My experience, uh, sailing is not much. <laughs> but I did come home from when I was in the military, I was in Germany, and we had to go on a ship from Bremerhaven to New York City. And I remember getting on that ship, and the guy told me, he says, you can run in and get the top bunk. But the top bunk's the best one, because if somebody gets sick, they go, You don't want to be underneath them. <laughs> top bunk, you don't get it. So I got on the top bunk. Get on the, on the 
very lowest bunk got sick. They told us to keep eating because we don't get the dry heaps. This kid got sick. He was sick for 10 days. By the time we left, I don't know how the time we got into New York City. Anyway, I remember uh, we got out of the English Channel. As soon as you get out there, we hit this uh, terrific storm. So we couldn't go on top of the ship. Couldn't go outside. Because if you go up there, you get washed off in the sea. You know, you, that's the end of it. So, I remember, oh yeah, I gotta eat. So, kind of stumbled out of bed, and you had to hold on to the bed, so you didn't get thrown out. The thing was going, <laughs> you know? So I get out of bed, and I'm trying to walk, and it's really hard to walk. And then on the way to the breakfast thing, there's all the four of our guys that's going out. So you had to be careful where you're stepping. So, anyway, that's my experience at sea. <laughs> One day at a time, I was in a, a tribe. It was actually a tribe my son, son-in-law and daughter were in the Tupu Kill. And we wanted a plane to come in to get us. Somehow or another, the plane got shut down. I don't know what happened. I couldn't get out on the plane. So the only way, other way out was by boat. And this uh, missionary that was there from New Zealand, a 16-foot boat with a motor on the back, with a the guy would string wheel in the front, and I would ride in the back. Okay, so we took off and had to go around the edge of this, and then we started out to the ocean. It was uh, 50 miles across open sea to this town called Tabel. We go up like this, and we come down and slam, and just jerking me to death. I'm hanging on like crazy, and uh, so we got out about a mile or so, and we stopped. We need to pray whether God really wants us to do this or not, or go back to the shore. <clears throat> so we prayed that the Lord seemed to give us freedom to go ahead, but we were bouncing up and down and hanging on in the back. The only thing we had was a compass. And we get out about 10 miles or so, and you can't see anywhere. All you see is ocean. If we had gone down there, nobody would have ever found us. But anyway, we kept going, and I remember a few hours later, we saw land. Oh, I'll tell you what, whoo, that's good news. And uh, then we got to this little town called Deville, and I'll tell you what, it was like heaven to me. Now, I, I never want to do that again, and by God's grace, I won't. But we, and I got out there, and I got a plane from there. So anyway, that's my experience in the ocean, and had a few other ones in small boats. And there was one that we had. It's called Tiga Bulian Tiga. was the name of the ship. Tiga means three. And Bulian is just uh, the name of the ship. It's Tiga Bulian Tiga. So uh, I said, was there uh, a one and a two? Yeah. Where's it at? We're down the bottom of the drink. <laughs> so I was riding Tiga Bulian Tiga. But, uh, so I got to ride on that. That was a fun experience too. But those who go down to the sea in ships who do business on great waters, they see the works of the Lord and his wonders in the deep. For he commands and raises a stormy wind, which lifts up the waves of the sea. God commands the waves. Make their Jonas. Jonah chapter 1. Jonah chapter 1. Jonah's running away from the Lord, but the Lord sent out a great wind on the sea. 
And there was a mighty tempest on the sea, so that the ship was about to be broken up. Lord, and he got Jonah's attention too. Since they mount up to heaven, they go down again to the depths. Their soul melts because of trouble. They reel to and fro and stagger like drunken men. I'll tell you what, it's hard to walk. Hard to walk when you're going back and forth. I went on a shipping trip, I mean, a fishing trip in California one time. I'll tell you what, you have your pole over the side of the fishing, you know, and then your hook there almost come out of the water because you're going back and forth. We didn't catch much of it. But, uh, almost impossible. The hopeless feeling in the middle of the sea, they stare out like drunken men, and they're at their wits end. You ever been there? Their wits end? We've all been there. We've all been to our wits end. I'd rather not be in my wits end. <laughs> but, they cry out. They throw the children out. The sick of the boat. The peace is quick. So, God can, uh, bring up the storm, and he can calm us. So then are they glad because they are quiet. To guide them to their desired heaven. They what? Well, to get there, guide them. To they all look like heaven and me. Uh, in Hebrews 11 verse 10, talking about Abraham, for he waited for the city which had the foundation, whose builder and maker is gone. You know, he arrived there. We're heading for that city. city. Sit down in that city. Oh, that the man would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness. Exalt him also in the assembly of the people. Praise him in the company of the others. Along with thanksgiving, is involved in exalting the Lord. Exalting the Lord in the assembly of the people. Praising him in the company of the others. Let us exalt him also in the assembly. Not all men and women cry in the word and the cross. Some refuse to admit they're helpless in darkness or in the wilderness. May everyone here cry out the Lord. 